from Dr. Peter Pronovost. You're listening to Micro Moments with Peter. So, welcome to Micro Moments with Peter. Uh, on today's podcast, which we just so happen to be recording during Nurses Week, we are excited to talk all things nursing. And with us today is Jennifer Gonzalez. She is a board-certified clinical nurse specialist at University Hospitals Cleveland Medical Center and is responsible for the ANCC's Magnet Recognition Program. She's also the primary facilitator of Cleveland Medical Center's Nursing Governance Council. Jen has been a UH caregiver for almost 18 years. She received her master's degree from Kent State University and entrepreneurship certificate from the Wadwani Foundation. She volunteers also as a nurse hackathon coach where she mentors interprofessional teams to design solutions for healthcare. And Jen, we're so thrilled to have you on today. And with that, I will pass it over to Peter. Jen, thanks for joining us. And I'll just uh, sing your accolades. I would also say Jen's a rock star and has been one of the most special relationships I have at UH because she's so passionate about innovation and innovation and making nurses and care better and open to new ideas and thinking broadly and out-of-the-box solutions. So uh, it's been a real treat. And it's such a gift to do this during Nurses Week. So Jen, as a nurse, thank you for all you and your colleagues do. So Jen, I want to get into what we're doing, what you've done to help us with this nursing crisis. So for the audience, you may not know, COVID was devastatingly difficult for many of our caregivers. Many left the bedside, indeed over 20% to work outside of the hospitals because it was so much suffering. Both they saw human suffering and they themselves suffered. We had high turnover also. So in many health systems, we had floors where 50% of the nurses have less than two years of experience, right? And and we might have 50 to 90% are travel nurses. So they don't know your protocols. They don't know your culture. So they're burdening the other nurses even more because they, they can't function like a full FTE. And we needed to do something about that because I think in part that nursing crisis contributed to the increase in harm that we saw with COVID and now across all of our safety measures in America, uh, the increased burnout and the excess costs. So Jen and I partnered and we challenged Jen to say, okay, let's think about a framework of what we can do to reduce burdens on nurses and help with productivity, not by asking you to care for nine patients rather than five, but by taking out work per patient. It's a novel concept, but it hasn't been applied. And we started thinking about four domains of work takeout. One is what could we stop? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. What policies just do the burdens exceed the benefits and we just need to get rid of them? Uh, second is what could we automate? And we'll see some work in a subsequent session with Jen and her team about what we can do. Third is what do we outsource, perhaps if we can get productivity gains. And then most importantly, what needs to remain sacred at the bedside? That it needs a nurse in person with that loving touch that has to remain sacred, but the other stuff we can get productivity gains. So Jen, 
you know, maybe you can share with us about the session that you led with all your nurse managers where I'll never forget the energy in there where we started saying, tell us about policies that are burdensome. And I think it was in, I don't know, a one hour session or maybe only a half an hour because the other half was technology. They ended up with 60% of their time that was stupid stuff. So maybe tell us a bit about that. Thanks for inviting me, Peter. I uh, definitely think I want to kind of take it back even pre this session. Uh, You know, the complexity of the nursing work environment encompasses so many factors. It's patient acuity, it's staffing levels, it's skill mix, and then it's the work environment. And when we look at that from a a different view, when we take into consideration how all of these factors contribute (laughs) to the workload of the nurse, we come up with these new solutions that help decrease the workload of the nurse. And I think back to my time, my personal journey of why I left direct patient care. And that was directly related to the systemic factors that contribute to the burden of of nurses. And this was pre-pandemic. I left the bedside almost 10 years ago. And these system problems have been challenging the profession for such a long time. And the pandemic has allowed us to uh, bring this to the forefront. uh, And we're able to have these uh, conversations and actions are starting to happen. And and that's what's so exciting for me is that finally these actions are happening. I was going to say, Jen, tell me a little bit about that suffering that from the work systems, because I mean, it sounds like they were really suffering about what some of the big problems were or still are in many ways. Yeah, in uh, in comparison, so uh, uh, many many of the listeners might not realize the operational burden that falls onto nurses. So if transport doesn't come for a patient, if lab doesn't come draw the labs, if pharmacy doesn't deliver, if the nurse assistant call, calls off, all of that work still needs to happen and it will continue because nurses do everything possible to meet the care needs of the patients. These are the selfless actions every day around the clock, all day long that nurses make to make sure that patients get what they need. And this all contributes to the burnout. So when we had this think tank and we asked, what are the policies that cause you burden or what doesn't bring value to you or your work or the patient, we collected uh about 96 responses uh, to these uh, burdens. And we also asked uh, what technology also contributes to your burden and what processes contribute uh, to your burden. So uh, with this, we were able to classify them. We ended up having 22 burdens related to policy, 28 burdens related to processes, and 46 burdens related to technology. Uh, so the uh, great thing that, uh, you know, Peter has helped us, uh, helped inform us was taking these policies and empowering our group to say, well, how are we doing this in our organization? 
who's creating these policies, who's putting, who's saying that we have to do all this work. And if it's CMS or Joint Commission or DNV, then where's the evidence for this work that you're creating? And where's the value? So uh, one clear example of this is vital signs and assessments. So we dug into this a little bit deeper. And uh, this was one of the frequent reported burdens. Uh, and uh, not that it's difficult to do, but what happens when you have these frequencies ordered and mm -hmm. you don't get a clinical response or you don't act on those responses, they become just this collective burden of task and you're not able or, or you cognitively don't think about those tasks anymore because you have so many to do. So when we dug into the policies and asked, why do we have all these frequencies for vital signs? If you go to an ICU, you have every one hour vital signs and assessments, uh, maybe every two hours vital signs and assessments. If you go to a telefloor, you have every four hours vital signs and assessments. So those are just repetitive frequency um, tasks that are being done and you don't always have uh, you know, a clinical need to do those. Uh, so when we asked and when we looked at the literature, we don't have evidence base for these frequencies. So uh, uh, our other nurse leaders uh, got together and said, okay, we're going to look at this. We're going to challenge our, our, our teams that are requesting these, and uh, we're going to see if we could take these out of our order sets. And uh, that way we can free up some time and allow nurses to be at the bedside for some more, uh, you know, direct care instead of pulling them away to do all of these other uh, documentation of all of these um, frequent uh, tasks. And what we know is that if a nurse can spend more time with a patient, they will identify those clinical changes earlier, those predictors earlier. So change in mental status and lethargy and behaviors are all of the things you want to identify before the vital signs change. So we're actually kind of doing it a little bit uh, backwards. So uh, nursing teams said, okay, let's get these out of the order sets. And uh, what we're currently doing is going through uh, close a little bit over 2000 order sets to take out the frequencies, put them in a standard of care. And then as we transition to Epic, uh, hopefully that, well, we know that it will already decrease uh, some of that cognitive load that, uh, you know, contributes to uh, burnout. And that's just one yeah, example. Jen, <laughs> Jen that's, um, I want to unpack something you said, because in safety, we know this concept that anytime you change a policy or a practice, I may defend against some risks, but I will inevitably introduce new risks and the net effect may be degrading performance. And I think, Jen, what you said about all these monitoring, we just said, oh, well, documenting assessments and model signs every hour is clearly going to be safer than every four hours. But I think we failed to realize that, well, no, it's, the, it's not real cognitive work. You're just checking a box with that. Let the nurse just go stand at the bedside and talk to the patient and, as you say, watch them for these uh, assessments 
and use their clinical judgment far more safe. I have no doubt our complications will go down, Jen. Um, you know, do you estimate what the impact of all these policy changes might be at UH, like in terms of a percent of a nurse's time? So right now, uh, you know, we didn't do formal time studies, but when we did ask, uh, pretty much every time we ask how much a task uh, takes a nurse, the response is pretty much always five minutes. So we did use that uh, estimate of five minutes to perform a task, five minutes to document. You know, we don't have the formal <laughs> time study, but when when you think about all this data that's being collected, how many times do you act on that data? So if you're in the hospital for three days on a telemetry unit and getting that uh, those assessments every four hours, that's a lot of a, a lot of uh, nursing time, and it you know the the minutes was in the millions that we can save. Wow. Uh, and you know we didn't officially convert the cost uh, um, to what that means in in dollars, uh, not yet, but um, but we'll do that as well. We and sure then will. another uh, another I guess really big one was the nursing care plan, and this. I, you know, is probably the only task that nurses will say takes longer than five minutes. Uh, but you're probably, you know, more to 10 minutes on that task. And um, the great work around this and where this seems to be getting a lot of traction is uh, um, uh, Kalia Fisher-Grace and Peter has already uh, brought this concern to CMS and we're actually seeing uh, some action from the American Nurses Association as well uh, on this. And uh, this just came out as one of their uh, topics for next month. And uh, since the 1135 waiver, uh, the plan of care was removed from uh, all of, you know, the organizations. So uh, the nursing profession is finally coming back and, you know, getting some traction and uh, saying, why do we need this? If it, if it wasn't important at that time, why do we put it back when we uh, don't see a value to it, when it's, uh, you know, time consuming and uh, the, the patient doesn't benefit. So we're definitely hopeful uh, now that some larger organizations has that, you know, in their pocket that they can help us uh, bring change to, uh, you know, back down to our organizations and at the nursing level and uh, change some of that. Uh, um, I kind of, I don't know what the right word is for it, but we tend to document everything and again, our policies and our uh, interpretation of policies puts nursing in this constant state of documentation. Every time you do something, you have to document every, uh, it, and it becomes this document what you do, not document what happens to the patient. So, or what, um, you know, the outcome of the patient is. So, Definitely excited right. for that traction that it's getting on a national level. Yeah, Jen, thanks so much because you're right. Nursing is the only profession that has to document their every interaction with the patient. I mean, it's so burdensome, but what that does is that it 
precludes you from having those beautiful micro moments that are really where you get healing and compassion and the love between the, you know, the nurse and a patient because they're doing so much busy work. Um, you know, it was interesting for the audience to know that um, CMS, some of the policies were driven by CMS requirements and they have just been so responsive to this. They very welcomed our input and we're delighted to collaborate with them and help with them because I know they're quite interested in reducing the burden on caregivers and have done a lot of great work. What we also see though, much of the policies that we create are conservative because in, of ambiguity in either CMS or the Joint Commission or DNV. So when they're not specific, you know, our lawyers and compliance errors on the side to be more conservative. And so the more we have all of us together working and clarifying to reduce burden while still enhancing safety, we're going to be better off. Well, Jen, I, you know, we'll close to say this work is just breathtaking. And you said you saved millions of minutes and I know we will put the dollar amount on it, but what's so much more important is that is millions of micro moments that our nurses could have with their patients to really connect and show compassion and understand their suffering and help them to, to heal. And the impact of your work and your team's work is just going to be immense. I mean, imagine where healthcare in America would be if every hospital did this exercise and could free up 40, 50, 60% of a nurse's time, we would be having a uh, pandemic of micro moments of love. So, <laughs> so Jen, it's been a delight to have you here and uh, keep up your great work. And we look forward to having you back to hear about some of the other ways you're helping support uh, nurses find safety risks. So thank you and happy Nurses Week.